Brothers on in my ears as we really? connected. Yes, yes. That's weird. No, no, no. I I was playing it. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, shall we? Um, have you, have you got a, enough fluid to keep you going? I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I had a good old glug. Yeah. All right. Let's get started then. Um, Right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. Welcome along to the Global Leadership Podcast with myself, Anthony Price. And me, Jonathan Bradley. I, it is I. I never, I never say, is it right? Should I say, it is me? It is I. I. Anyway, here I am. Well, it, it's funny. We, we had that question, didn't we? Did we cover that question last week? The I. In leadership, yeah, the overused I. Yeah, should we call, should we call it that? Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, um, the overused I. Uh, welcome along, dear listeners, to yet another um, chaotic, no doubt. Epi- I say in advance of as recording it, no doubt an inevitably chaotic episode of the Global Leadership Podcast, where we welcome your questions, your thinking to our ears. Uh, and also for the benefit of the listener. Um, this week, an interesting topic, including a few listener questions. I, I say this now because maybe as you're listening to our questions and our rambling today, it may tempt you to drop us an email to globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com to unload your thinking and your questions into our ears, um, because we would very much welcome that, wouldn't we, JB? Unzip your thinking. Oh, <laughs> I think it's going to be one of those sessions. And, it's certainly um, going to be a session, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, the mind boggles! And uh, yeah, we had a we had a a, a little bit of a think uh, because we're talking to quite a few people these days who are oh, a little bit uncertain uh, about things. These things. I've got a uh, a friend actually who's um, highly successful, highly dynamic, incredible lady. And she was talking to me the other day about imposter syndrome. And, hmm. you know, when she started talking to me about it, I I was really surprised. I thought, oh, my God, really? Um, and anyway, as she talked about um, the things that she's getting into now uh, in her executive world. And I, she described all of the uncertainties of covid uh, of global warming, of um, politics, and all sorts of things, and 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 they are all collectively bringing her down, and it's unsettling her. And in her new role that she's in, she's feeling that she's not she's not worthy. But she made a direct link to all of the uncertainties and not feeling in control, and being under immense pressure, and just not not feeling like she's able to do it at the moment and it and it really made me think about you know the one she is someone who has invested a lot in her learning Mm. and you know she's a really dynamic individual Uh, but I think she's just she's just by other 
things like envi- you know the environment uh in its fullest context is bringing her down yeah and i and i think she's you know she's not feeling like she's she's cutting it and she's feeling like i don't feel supported and i'm 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 beginning to stop learning which is most unlike her and right. i thought actually that's you know that could be quite um an interesting area for us to go to because I think there's probably quite a few people who are feeling that right now. When when you say she's not learning, mm. do you, is that through fear and therefore choice to know what she knows and stick with it, or is it more that she's fearful that this experience is not giving her the ability to grow and learn as an individual? Yeah, I I think that the latter part that you know she's in this in this role and she's uh, feeling vulnerable. And, you know, she's she's learned a lot to get to this place, to get to this position. She's big, big on learning. But um, I think she's 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 hit a hit a bit of a wall. And and the, one of the one of the terms she used for, in, with me was, you know, what's the point? Well, what's the point? I don't um, think she's alone, though, is she? I think there's there's a lot of people out and probably people listening to this podcast that may have recently lost their jobs or are feeling particularly vulnerable. And I think this, I mean, you, you've talked about the book, Relax, It's Only Uncertainty. And ironically, my iPad, which is connecting you and I together right now, is resting on top of that very book. <laughs> and um, and, and, it, and it, it rings true. And I, the reason I got it out, by the way, is because of the period we're in. Um, but I think she raises a point that she's and she's not alone in that thinking i would suspect because we don't know if there is any point in trying to make significant effort if we are fearful that our job is going to go anyway or Mm. what we are doing is of immaterial value in the long term because the long term may be changing for many businesses as we get into this new normal and um I mean, I'm very fortunate that I don't think my team or the people in the business that I'm working with have ever been busier. But we're not necessarily saying that's always a good thing because it, it, it's very much a firefighting rather than anything else. But um, wow. Well, this. Uh, do you know what I was going to say? Let's start the podcast by getting an update on your shed. Um, but, well, yeah. that's, I mean, I, I think you see the thing is all of these things carry on, don't they? I mean, we, you know, we got to we got to carry on, even though you know it, our emotions are, are going one way, and and the expectations of us are, are, are clearly going in another direction. And um, shed is 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 now full of walls. Uh, it's got walls. It hasn't got it hasn't got a front on it yet, but it's got walls. And tomorrow. Uh, roof is going on which once roof is on mm. that's that that will mean that i i can build shed in all weathers uh whereas the weather has not been friendly to my shed building activities no uh so uh that's that's that i, th- I think in about a week's time in the next podcast there will be great progress to report and photos and photos can we circulate photos? Where they could go on LinkedIn, I suppose. I, I, yeah, or we could even upload them as the graphic of a particular episode. So certain platforms, then each episode has its own photo. So we could have, you know, studio studio B development photo. And and in your world, uh, you, uh, I think you're riding a wave of uncertainty. Yes, 
but in some respect, the uncertainty and chaos that has ensued has actually for once worked to, to my personal favour. This week, listeners, in the UK, um, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, the Financial Director, the CFO of our country, has announced some, some measures to assist, um, I'm, and I'm not really sure the long-term benefits of it for the wider economy, but... Um, we've had a stamp duty holiday, which is effectively a property tax when you buy a new home or any home in the UK. And they've raised the threshold to half a million, which basically means that um, you can save up to £15,000, which bearing in mind we are yet to buy our forever home, which is now in progress, um, we are likely to save lots of money. Um, But, you know... My worry is, and I was talking to an estate agent about this, my worry is that people that don't need to move use this tax break as a reason to move and may flood the market with new property, which means people that do need to move, death, debt, divorce, the triple D is apparently I've been told by an economist friend, um, is going to be saturated with property. And the people that really need to sell are going to end up having to, you know, because the market's flooded, because there's still a Take lack a of mortgage supply. Um, there is, you know, there's not necessarily people, um, first time buyers that are going to feed that chain. So, you know, if, if you're in a high end property and you happen to be, you know, there's the, the, the chain starting halfway up, happy days for you. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued as to how this will plan out. I'll be, I'm no expert, but, you know, obviously it's, it's helped us out because it means we now have some spare money to do interesting home improvement projects or or I can go and take over the world with something. Um, and um, yeah, but so yeah, the, the, the uncertainty, however, on that basis is of course tricky because um, work is crazy in a good way. Um, house move is um, still in progress, but feeling more certain, I must say. And an amusing anecdote for you. I don't think I've mentioned this to you yet, JB. Correct me if I'm wrong. The house we are buying now, we're buying from the same people we bought our last house from. You did tell me that. I did. I'm not sure if it, we, yeah. the listeners know. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, so most amusing. The house we're buying now, um, we bought our last half off the same family. They, they, When they sold their house to us, they moved to the house they're in now. We're now buying that off of them again. So the estate agent said, you clearly have the same taste in the houses. I said, yes, but we don't have the same taste in colour schemes, which she found most amusing. Um, so, yes, there we go. Do you think it would just save a lot of time if you just went and looked at the house that they're buying next? Well, so you, you say, the, you... yeah, they're retiring down to the coast now. So as much as it may, and, and hey, you know, if I'm if I'm in the house until retirement, then maybe if they're still around in, in that point of their life, then uh, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it's a holiday home or something. I don't know. Maybe it's buy it as your second ho- home when you've made your million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I might I might try it on with the agent tomorrow and say, actually, can you just tell us where they're buying? Because <laughs> actually, let's not bother with this one. Um, but but there we go. So, yes, uncertainty is rife. Otherwise, life is, is continuing um, in the usual chaotic style it is with a household full of children. So... Apart from yourself, and have you met anybody uh, who is flourishing in this COVID-19 world over the last, you know, three, four months? Um, I have a friend that has transformed their business to home delivery to the point 
that they are now having to limit the amount of home delivery they do. This is takeaway. They were running a restaurant uh, and they're now going to extend their kitchen into what was the legacy restaurant to mean that takeaway will represent 80% of their revenue moving forwards. Is this near Bristol by any chance? No, no. But you and I know of someone else that is, I think, thinking similar stuff. I think he's. I think he's doing a remarkably similar thing, and has. Uh, you know, I know, know it's been really stressful for them, but mm. he he seems to me like he's he's been thriving. Yes, but then also, I guess it it's only as good as the latest status update. Well, that is true. I wonder that if he listens. True. We might get a shitty message from him. Actually, we want him to do well. I, I like the, the the person we're talking about a lot. Um, but anyway, no. So this particular person, no, unrelated to that person, um, effectively going to extend their commercial kitchen to become more delivery because they actually have done very well off the back of it. Um, and of course, there are other companies that I've been I, I deal with through various conversations. No, 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 not dissimilar to you. And they're finding that they're they're giving more and more guidance and advice. And actually, I had a really good story. Actually, one of them is an advisory company, which. To many listeners will think, oh, that sounds like a wanky way to just cream money off of businesses. And through their advice, they were really excited by this. They weren't interested in the money it was making them. But off the back of their advice, they were able to help the company save 50 jobs because they helped them see some schemes that were open to them they could apply to be suppliers to and also a second scheme which was subsidizing the income for certain types of work. And they didn't realize those schemes existed without my contact's advice. So actually, they've helped save these these jobs. So I think you know there's some there's some good stories coming out you know in in some situations. But you're right. I, I, I'll be honest. I do feel they're in the minority. There's not many people. I mean, my social media is flooded with now looking for work, now looking for work, and it's it's quite scary actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just keeping on the positive side of it for a second. I you know I, I'm on LinkedIn. You know I I. Am literally bombarded every day uh, by people who are providing uh, information, resources, um, ideas, techniques to survive COVID, uh, to keep your mental health together. Mental health seems to be a massive, massive thing right now, uh, and quite rightly too. And uh, there's a guy, I, th- I think his name's Ed James. You might know him. I don't know. He's ex Birmingham free radio. He, Birmingham. Yeah. Heart, one point. Um, and he's he's pinging out some really really he, he's he's really good at just talking to camera. He was on a run the other day, and I think he just thought, right, I'm going to give some people some tips, and and just started talking about you know getting getting a greater sense of control uh, over your life and how to do that. And uh, anyway, I pinged him a text. I thought this is really good. Um, I, I do think quite a lot of the stuff on LinkedIn is a bit rubbishy, but Me too. but occasionally you do get some quite inspirational people who uh, drop some really good ideas into your head. Yeah, and he's I, I found him, um, uh, yeah, good, good fun and normal, not 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 sort of corporate weirdo uh, <laughs> kind of person. Um, but on the other hand, there are um, a lot of people who are uh, who are struggling. Yeah, at the moment, and I and I don't think I don't think we, we're not through the worst of this yet, really, are we? And no. How about we offer an opportunity to profile people that might be looking for work on this podcast? This is I think think, a, this is thinking very much out loud, by the way. I I, I like that because I, I think you know we we do actually want to, to provide something that is useful. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully entertaining. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know how how we get the mix right on that. It's uh, been a bit deep so far. We're 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 a few minutes in now, and we've we've. I think. Yeah. Um, are you still with us, listeners? Hello. Are they are they there? They might have gone by now. Um, but I, you know, I think wherever possible, we try and make this practical and give people uh, help and advice. And if we can go another level, and and uh, uh, tell us more about your thinking there. This is completely on the fly. I thought of it while staring at your face on the camera. Um, oh, if there are people out there that can offer help to unemployed people, please get in touch with us, globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com, and we will maybe either get you on, or if there's jobs and things available to you uh, that, that are available to the listeners, we can promote them. If you are someone looking for work, why not send us a message and say, actually, this is the sort of work I'm looking for, and we can put a call out to our listeners to see if they have the sorts of vacancies applicable. I don't know whether this will work or not, but hey, let's see. <laughs> um, again, I'm not again. I'm not sure whether uh, people that are looking for work listen to the podcast or not. Is that your? Hoover? And also, I'm not hoovering. Someone's turning Someone's hoovering, hoovering in, my house. in your yeah. garden. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, what about employers? who are listening to the podcast mm. who might have uh, a job or uh, some something that they know about coming up uh, let us know because we'd happily uh, talk about that and see if anyone responds yes i agree and in fact let's promote this bit on social media and see if we can get some uh, some followers on that one um but anyway look we're here to save lives serve and develop and wash our hands yes um, and stay safe. Um, so we, we, we've, we've done fuck all so far in leadership excellence uh, on this episode. But hopefully you're having a great time with us so far. And if you're... I, I, by the way, I know one listener listens whilst running, which I said that's not... You know, normally I go for some dance beat if I'm doing anything fitnessy, which is rare, I should add. Um, and they listen to us whilst running. So um, hopefully you've managed to keep your breath abreast during that little monologue well i i have tried to listen to what is going on I've at your end no bloody idea something's happening hang on, hang on let me take my headphones off um i um i find it very difficult to listen to books and uh stories what are you doing now you're washing your hands yeah it's a neighbor by the way ah okay can you tell them to shut them uh we I find it very difficult to concentrate without some banging uh, 1980s... Oh, I thought you were going to say in a uh, sentence, I can't concentrate without some banging. I was like, Jesus Christ, JB, <laughs> some, this is a children's-friendly pod. You know that sort of euphoric dance music? Yes. Of the it. 80s? Yes. That's what I need when I'm, when I'm trying to run. And, I, and I've got to week five uh, of the couch... To 5K. Right. Uh, I don't know whether our global audience knows anything about the Couch to 5K. It's nope. a really good app. And if you hate running... It's some euphoric dance music. Yeah, keep... Oh, that's it. That's the kind of shit that I listen to. And it just keeps me going. And I can now run for, for about five minutes uh, without falling over, which is quite remarkable from where I was. Um... So, yeah, a little bit of um, euphoric dance music to get you through your day. 
Yeah. That's it. Um, now, what we did want to talk to you about... Oh, yeah. Do you remember? No. Uh, having that conversation <laughs> yes, about this show. And uh, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with the work of Carol Dweck. Uh, Carol Dweck wrote a fabulous book called Mindset. And in a nutshell, Carol uh, had a look at two types uh, of learning. And um, one was a growth mindset uh, style and the other was fixed. And the advantage of having a growth mindset in an organization and and her work is is she does a lot of work in schools is that you get people who keep trying um and innovate and uh focus on their own performance levels um and generally uh, are a lot a lot happier in their lives um the, the alternative position is the fixed mindset and this is where people, uh, for one reason or another, have got stuck. Uh, and when I when I say stuck, they stop learning. You know, they they've arrested their learning at some point in their lives, uh, for one reason or another. They've never they've never developed uh, the skill uh, of learning, and and actually understood that failure creates the opportunity, massive opportunity to learn. And there's a lot of people that you will think of where they go into a, they are in a fixed mindset position. They know what they know and they don't need to know any more. Um, and they're not open to ideas. Uh, they are fixed. And it's very difficult sometimes in organisations when you have an abundance of these um types of mindsets around you it can be incredibly limiting and incredibly frustrating so we thought it'd be quite useful just to explore the world of the fixed versus growth or, or dynamic mindset um, and just have a think about how that's going to help us get through um, the uncertainties that have come about from all of these things you know big po political stuff going on in the ether uh, or, and more so, um, you know, we've got statues being smashed up. We've got uh, in climate change, lots of evidence that the, the world is overheating uh, in a way that it's never done before. Uh, we've got COVID. We've got all sorts of things that are really, really kicking off around the world. How do you maintain a growth mindset? I, I, How do you build one? Well, I, by the way, I'm meeting my mic there. Um, whilst some bush trimming was going on, it's the it's literally just the neighbour there. Why would he decide to do that now? And I've been sat here all day working, and now when we choose, to, maybe he's finished his work for the day. Um, it's funny because as you describe this, it, it takes me back to the good old days where you and me used to sit in front of audiences, people for, in front of audiences of people face to face, um, and we would often kick off programs talking about this topic. Reason being is because some people were nominated to come on these programs and would arrive with that fixed mindset that I'm done learning, thanks. I'm here because I've been told I need to be. 
but I'm pretty resilient to what you're going to tell me because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. There are other people there that are fixed mindset because they've been through a program before that they thought was pretty Shit. rubbish. Yeah, and <laughs> let's be honest. We've, we've been, all done it. Yeah, we've been through those programs. In fact, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast, I'd assume you haven't been one through through one of ours yet. No, I'm joking. No, actually, <laughs> you've definitely been through one of ours, which is why you're listening. Um, but we would, we would talk about this actually as a reality check for our audience because the behaviors of a fixed mindset person is very easy to identify in a certain setting like a learning environment because if they're fixed mindset they're not in a learning or an open mindset or or, or a, a you know that they are absolutely fixed in their ways they're not dynamic and when when we address this to the audience we aren't necessarily explicitly calling out the behavior for their behavior on the course, but we do reference the relevance to the times we might be fixed and non and, and more dynamic in different settings, such as with my children, I might be very fixed. They're definitely not having more Xbox or technology time, regardless of what I'm being told in the papers, because their behavior is awful. Um, you know, or um, JB mentioned the environment there for some people. Um, rightly or wrongly, um, they are fixed in their ways that it is um, simply we're coming out of an ice age and therefore any new things that we can do to reduce that speed, nah, it's bollocks. So, <laughs> and then if you and I think about people in the workplace that we work with, I think they have been outed if they weren't before already since COVID-19 because these micromanagers do not believe it is feasible or possible to successfully manage a team when they're working not in my line of sight. Half of their job was turning up to the office between 9 and 5.30, Monday to Friday, 48 weeks a year. Um, and the resistance to having to change their ways has been visibly amusing for some of us, embarrassing for some of us, and frustrating and infuriating for others of us. But I'm pretty sure every one of us, you and I, me and JB included, can look around the people we work with right now and identify who is more fixed and who is more dynamic, or I think you called it a growth mindset, JB. Mm, mm. So um, I think uh, there's a there's a term that I'm really tuned into at the moment, and it's it's called um, passionately curious. <laughs> and you know, if you if you imagine turning up on a stage uh, as yourself, and you know, you just turn up on the stage and you just kind of look around a bit, and then you deliver your 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 speech, you deliver your performance, uh, you you just kind of eat your cornflakes and uh, read the paper. Um, read a bit of your iPad, um, and uh, that's not my daily routine, by the way. Um, but you know, no, he can't. He can't tell you what his first thing in the morning routine is because it's too <laughs> Rudy Doody for, uh, for our pod. Uh -huh. um, so, I think if you if you thought right, I'm going to be passionately curious. I'm going rather like an actor. I'm going to deliver the, this performance of me being passionately curious. What, what is the difference between you turning up as, as always and going up a level, um, being passionately curious? What kind of questions would you ask? What would you notice? Uh, what would you go out of your way to notice? And what kind of communication um, would you give 
what would you give off? Uh, this combines with the work of Irving Goffman, um, the presentation of self in everyday life. Uh, he he be, he believes rather like Shakespeare that all the world is a stage and you're performing and you're performing to your fellow performers and vice versa. Um, if you give off certain things, you get certain reactions, you get certain responses. And it, and it strikes me that if you're passionately curious about someone else and their life, they are going to respond by really having a think about the questions that you ask. You're curious about their life, they, but they trust that you're interested in them. Um, and you're getting them, you're facilitating their thinking. They're having a little bit of a think about where you're coming from. I, I, what, what worries me, um, particularly with the person I was talking to, uh, talking about mm. right at the beginning of this, this person is suffering from anxiety and stress. Yeah. And some of that is workplace, but the other part is a sense of um, a lack of a sense of control over her life. Uh, all of these interferences are reducing her um, normally very strong sense of control. So this is this is someone uh, who notices stuff. This is someone who is who is good and uh, good at being curious, and this is affecting them. And that's what I really wanted to get into in this podcast how do we protect ourselves from losing our level of curiosity when in a heightened state of stress in the workplace or beyond thanks for that <laughs> and on, on, on cue <laughs> i'm gonna kill him in a minute yeah um I, I, and i think the first thing that comes to my mind is, I, I hate to say it, and it sounds slightly cliche, is admitting there is a problem in the first place. Um, because if we delude ourselves into thinking true British style, everything is fine, there's no problem here, nothing to see, move along, um, I think it can manifest itself into something more serious. Um, and in order to keep a dynamic mindset, um, during all the chaos, I think is about um, acknowledging that there is a risk of this happening if it isn't happening already, because I think we're all vulnerable to it given current circumstances. There is volatility and uncertainty in abundance. And secondly, uh, it's about planning how you think is best for you to mitigate that fixed mindset creeping in. How can we be more to and I haven't until you mentioned it just now, JB, I can promise you um, you've I've not heard you mentioned passionately curious before this episode. Um, it's how can how can I build that passionate curiosity into my working week? Um, so as a starter for six, because I'm guessing you have far more answers than I have. It would be maybe to deliberately build a circle of trust or a circle of, of excellence, whatever you want to call it where you routinely and regularly get in contact with this group of people and you share your current anxieties and you share 
um, you're thinking about how you're going to overcome it. And, and I just actually I want to draw a little bit of reference from the Relax It's Only Uncertainty book, which um, if those of you haven't seen it, it's by um, authors Hodgson and White. And what's fascinating is in the forward of that book, in the very first section, it talks about the number of CEOs and executive level leaders they spoke to in building this book and the fact that they were told everything that they were told was in absolute confidence because the minute they acknowledge they have huge anxieties about uncertainty for their organization, it would lose them probably their job and the trust yeah. of their, their board. So there is this forced resilience that leaders have to play in the workplace and it can be bloody exhausting. Um, and, you know, I, I've been through acquisitions and mergers before and trying to lead a team of people through that period is enough for you to go from dynamic to fixed mindset because I've been here before. Here we go again. But of course, on the front of it, we're, 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 we're inspiring our people. But I think um, if there was as much honesty by those CEOs to the authors of Relax Is Only Uncertainty with a trusted group of people, I think that would really aid individuals' recognition that it's okay, we can relax, it's only uncertainty, keep a growth mindset. So um, that's very helpful, Ant, because what it's, what it's reminded me of is this... Um, this idea of being passionately curious, which is sort of new content going off in my head. I'm, I'm drawn to stuff like this because I think it, in my mind anyway, uh, it sort of plays tricks with my head because my, my first reaction to that statement was, right, I need to be even more curious about others. You know, I need to be passionately curious and think about the questions I need to ask um, and actually genuinely um, get get myself interested uh, in all subjects um, to do with people's lives. So if I meet a, meet a mathematician, I've got to find a way to be passionately curious about their interest. Uh, and believe me, that is a struggle when it comes to mathematics, but I'd have a go. And I'd, I think I'd encourage them actually to um, get get that mathematical brain that they've got and interest uh, to make sense to me. So I play idiot, which isn't difficult, and just say, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in the relationship between biology and mathematics. And I haven't, I, I haven't got a clue how to bridge the gap between the two things that I've just said in this statement. Help me. And um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but I do remember a rather passionate conversation uh, about a certain flower and a, and its its petals and its arrangements of its stamen and its this anthers and everything else and actually you can start uh, looking at this mathematically um, and it and it blew my brain at the time um, uh, about that so I I I think if I can if I can have an interesting conversation about maths and get curious about it and actually in that subject I can get passionately curious about it because it's sort of hedging on my interests mm. um, that can be fun. But the point I wanted to make was what's the starting point of being passionately curious? The starting point of being passionately curious is to turn it on yourself and have a think about you and. 
you know, how many people are actually passionately curious about themselves? Mm. And, you know, when you when you do that, it's a bit, I know um, we probably, I've just probably lost half our listener base uh, with that, but uh, I don't actually care um, because those who stick with this, uh, I think we'll, we'll get why we do these podcasts because, um, you know, when you, when you get yourself right, when you when you think about yourself and you know you you think i want to be curious about me i want to be curious about ant you know what is it that makes me tick um curious about our bodies curious about our capabilities curious about what we're capable of uh what the best one of me actually might be uh i'm curious to know you know, um, can, if I can run 5k, can I run 10k uh, with my old body? Can it do it? And um, what am I like uh, in presenting to 250 people? Am I absolutely petrified? Or I'm, am I actually um, very comfortable with it? And, you know, what, what, what's, what's there between? And, and this is where I quite like to think about people and myself from a blank starting point which is the stage and imagining the performance what 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 who the hell am i what do i do what do i sound like what do i look like and what do i give off when i enter a room and it, and if i if i if we can get passionately curious about ourselves in that way i don't think that's weird Personally, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's narcissistic. I think it's developmental, um, and I think it goes alongside. How do you increase your perception of being passionately curious about what's going on around you, and being responsive and ready to transform, and following the interest of others and other people's lives? and being really passionately curious about it. This has got to be a value to organisations and the world, surely. Mm. It's, it's a huge subject. Um, and I, I try and ingest, if that's the right word, what you say and reflect on how much I'm curious about myself. And it, I guess the, the challenge many listeners probably have right now, although the fact that they're listening to this podcast, maybe I'm wrong, is they don't necessarily have time to reflect on themselves and passionately curious about themselves. Or, dare I say it, this might be a bit controversial because maybe I fall into this trap, which is why I'm saying it, is we're too nervous about being passionately curious about ourselves because <laughs> we don't really necessarily want to understand what does make us tick? <laughs> um, because we, we, we might not like what we see. Um, <laughs> well, that, that's critical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the root of it. You know, to, to, if, you can't, if, you can't, uh, if you can't love yourself, how can you love anyone else? Mm. Or maybe, God, we're moving into a bit of a counselling session here. Maybe... Um, they recognise they do want to change, but they don't know how to step off the treadmill to make that change. And for ladies and gentlemen that aren't in any doubts, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. And you just got to make that change. Oh, here we go. Oh! 
<laughs> don't, you, no, don't play the bloody music. All right, now. Um, I... Um, <laughs> Oh, you've off. completely taken I, me off my sorry. stride now. Michael Jackson. Oh, dear. No, the, the, I, I, I was saying I think um, <laughs> you've got to take a look at yourself to make the change. <laughs> uh, and by the way, for diversity and inclusion, man or woman can make that change. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it, was I, go, it was going so well. I'm so sorry, oh listeners. God. So sorry. sorry. Oh, and I know we're on a stopwatch. We've only got 20 minutes whatever left. Listeners, whatever listeners we had left have now, have now got, you know, guys, it's been a blast, but I think we've just about <laughs> um, gone as far as we can now with this. Um, Wikipedia I, entries of the future will say it ran until uh, middle of July 2020 <laughs> and then they disappeared, never to be seen. Yeah, so we had to pay someone to take them out because it was just too much. Mm. Um, so uh, I th the, the, point, the point there, Ant, I think, is that don't try and do it all in one big go. Mm. Uh, I think this is being kind to yourself. Uh, and, and I'm thinking of this person that uh, I was working with the other day. Be kind to yourself. Uh, you know, just 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 listen to those words. Be kind to yourself. But in order to know how to be kind to yourself, you have to know yourself. So you have to you have to to just slow slow things down. Not not for two weeks. Not for three months. Actually, uh, this fits with some other research, which I think we've covered off on this podcast before, which is to do an intense piece of work. Uh, you know, and if you can make that uh, maybe 90 minutes, um, maybe up to two hours uh, and take a break, take a good chunk of time out, go walking. Even if you can't get out of the building, go walking in the building, stop, uh, change direction, assimilate, uh, look after yourself and, and just actually um, slow things right down. And then, then go back to work. I think what what happens at work is people don't stop. They are constantly bombarded with emails, with texts, uh, with requests, expectations, and they let it happen to themselves. They become victims of this. Uh, and they don't take the necessary breaks uh, for themselves to be able to reflect on this kind of stuff. Um, massively valuable just to sit on a park bench and have a think massively important to yeah. take a walk um and just have a bit of a think uh walking and thinking time just for you um in between big big sections big chunks of work don't keep doing those chunks of work and not having a break between them hmm. uh, it becomes one long um interference with you being able to actually relax enough and think actually you know, I, I need to be good to myself. I need to I need to look after my head. Um, I need to take control uh, of situations uh, that I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by um, to start, you know, the, the process of coaching yourself. Uh, you know, what do I want to achieve out of these um, 30 minutes that I've got on my own um, for myself, purely for me? Those those little habits of just giving yourself 30, 30 minutes every so often and, and what and what do I want for me? Um, and just, you know, thinking about how you feel, um, thinking about uh, the reality of your situation um, and who's, who's, who's trying to take control of you. 
Mm. Where are you losing your control? Who are you losing your control to? Um, because people will steal your time. They will steal um, that person who turns up on that stage and does something remarkable that day. They will steal your opportunity to do that. Yeah. People are hungry for your time and they will steal it. And we too often allow them to. We do. We do. And it becomes a bit codependent. And we've got to be really, really careful of that. And this is the, the person I'm referring to. Yeah. Uh, this is this is some realizations uh, that she had the, the other day. Um, and I've, I've talked about cuss before, but uh, we talked about that, which is, you know, what even even small habit changes little things that she is able to do just gradually week by week to get a greater sense of control reducing the uncertainties uh you can't reduce them all um at least you know i can't make I, this is one i can't change but i can change this so at least know what they are yeah um and i think the third point is very very important uh and it's the support one uh, cusp so control uncertainty support support is who's my team so if it were you ant and you know you were you were in a in a stressed out anxious state and not even that actually who's my team you know who's i think you're pretty good at this by the way but you know it's who who's who's team ant uh and know that you can you can go to them when you need to to reflect on you know, the things that you're doing to increase your sense of control and to reduce uncertainties. That is our mission as as human beings, uh, to find our, our control and to reduce our uncertainty, to form a team around us, team ant, um, and then get comfortable uh, with your relationship with pressure. Because some of us actually quite like a bit of pressure. Mm. It's what sort of pressure we like. Sometimes tension is important for us to make changes. But there's good tension and bad tension. And we want to reduce that bad tension out of our lives. There's a comfortable level of pressure, I think, to be optimal. I think too, and, and, and here's, here's something I've been saying to a few remote workers who have been struggling recently, is that the too little pressure can cause you as much stress as too much pressure because if yeah. you are underutilized you feel more vulnerable and that actually can play havoc on your your sense of worth and well-being um whereas too much pressure it's much more easy to distinguish that i can't cope um but i think that to jb's point there's an optimum level of pressure my last point will be um the value of of having somebody that you can offload with um but offload um, not to build up a snowball effect of offloading to each other. I've gone, my goodness, it's so awful, isn't it? Yeah, I agree, it's so awful. Oh my, you know, actually someone that can help you um, uh, deflate some of the the pent-up frustrations you might be feeling. But um, but there we go. JB, I'm conscious of time. I've only got 10 minutes left and we have a couple of listener questions. Is there anything you wanted to wrap up with? I've just, I've got one final point. And, and my point is, don't be the person who says, how can I when? Because um, the, the how, can, how can I winners are fixed mindset people and they are finding the opportunity uh, because of anxiety and stress, they have, they have not done the work to reduce the uncertainty, to increase control. And they then go, the first signs for me of the fixed mindset is how can I when? 
don't become one of those. The end. That's that's me done. Cool. All right. Hopefully, I mean, look, this this has been a bit of a funny one because we weren't really sure where it was going to go, were we? Um, uh, that was my chair as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have to say it's a topic that I think is often overlooked. Um, and yeah. um, critically, if you're feeling um, in that place right now of, oh my goodness, actually, oh my, and now I've done some self-passionate curiosity and I'm finding that I am fixed mindset, hey, you know, great that you've acknowledged it. It's now about trying to, to work out your next steps. So we've got time for two listener questions. First one is from a lady in the UK who wants to remain anonymous. And I've now got to find it because it's my screen has locked. One second, going into my messages. Okay. This one is from a husband and wife who have collectively messaged, I should add, actually, because it mm. says in the message from myself and Mr anonymous name um it's a tag team yes okay um we use words like visionary and gravitas with regards to leaders but what if you're just not naturally like that and don't have people around you like that for exposure especially now with us working from home should i repeat that question no i thought i i i've got it um and I I think um, we we have I think we've got even more opportunity with uh, more virtual communications mm -hmm. uh, to actually give off. You know, we were talking about you know presentation self on 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 stage, the presentation of ourselves in life. Uh, I think authenticity is is massively important, um, building trust and. In all the uh, surveys uh, of great leaders, one of one of the ones that one of the words that really comes across all the time is honesty. And you know, you don't have to be charismatic, ha! Huh? You don't have to be charismatic at all uh, to give off honesty. In fact, rhetoric, um, particularly in today's world, uh, I think is detrimental uh, to perceptions of honesty and integrity. So uh, I think the, the the quiet leader, uh, the one who uh, is is projects honesty, and and I talk about projecting honesty, is turning up on that stage, and just going straight into being honest, revealing self, um, being clear about what you're hoping for. Uh, yes, it is important to use your emotions. I don't think you know you I don't think that can be avoided. No. But that's where great stories can come in. Great storytelling. You don't have to be charismatic to tell a great pithy little story that cuts through. That's got big meaning. I met someone who made me think like this. I want to share this story with you. So honesty um is is such an important one. Uh, 10 times more important than charisma charisma can get results quickly but i don't know that it lasts as long as perceptions of integrity and honesty and good intent no i'd agree um my take on the question um is is pretty much the same as jb really i actually think being remote right now gives you more of an opportunity to hone your craft 
Um, and visionary for me is actually the ability to to be a really good storyteller. Um, and I think quite often people miss the point when they're trying to mimic, dare I say it, a great leader um, who is a visionary or has gravitas. And that's because they have an ability to engage with their audience through nuances, through contextual uh, descriptions, through storytelling to bring something to life. And I think that that really helps. So um, for me, use the working from home actually to your advantage. You don't need to be there in person to have gravitas. I think it's the way you conduct yourself as, a, as someone that's approachable. Um, you know, that creates gravitas. Um, uh, but someone being relatable, that creates gravitas. But that, I think, can come from storytelling. So hopefully that answers that question. The final question for today's podcast um, reads as follows. This is from Steve. Um, from Florida, the United States of America. Is there a boss that you'd work for again? And if they, if there is a boss you'd work for again, um, or there's more than one, is there things you found is their behaviours they had in common? Well, I... So, my one of my best bosses, uh, who you know, I think, and Steve Orchard... Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I um he's still in the business, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah, in the radio business. I I I really liked um him for his communication uh his natural communication style. He was a good storyteller. He was a wonderful storyteller and he actually, I'll tell you what was just thinking about this, he was passionately curious <laughs> uh about people. Uh, he, at one point in his life, was a social worker and he understood uh, people. He was passionate uh, about people. He gave off a big sense of fairness. He, he, if, if people were being treated unfairly, he would raise it. Um, and, you know, if you felt, if you felt that you weren't um, doing that absolutely to the best of your ability, again, he would question it. And it doesn't mean to say that he wasn't on top of the business and what it needed, he was. So for me, he wasn't perfect, and I'm sure he wouldn't want me to say um, that he was, um, but I think he got very close to getting the balance right between doing what's right for, for the business and the people within it. It's... Um... It's funny, isn't it? We're going to have to see if we can tag Steve Orchard now, see if he gets a little shout-out. Um, so um, I was much more junior in the company when I worked under Steve Orchard. He was a um, group operations director, I think, or COO, or whatever they were called those days. Um, but yeah, I remember his ability to storytell was, was quite nice. I never worked for him directly, though. I was, um, I was very much a minion um, in those days. Um, I would work for a couple of people again, one in radio and one um, not in radio. The one that still is in radio, I'm not going to name, because I used to be willing to work for them again, but not anymore. Um, however, um, sorry. Um, oh, one second. Um, there isn't one. So I said we can feed him if need be. So you can just message. This is Ant's child, everybody. Unless it's the dog, I'm not sure. No, no, no. We've 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 bub we have another household we bubble with and we've got the child from the other bubble uh, in our bubble. Oh, and my oh wife right. is trying to understand whether we need to feed him or not. Uh, 
<laughs> she, she doesn't know. She's just got back from her bubble at work. Um, anyway, yeah, message, message, Steve. Anyway, where was I? Um, 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 Two people. Yes. So, yeah. The, 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 but what they had in common, and the one I would work for again, is when I worked for them, yes. they believed in my potential. And um, whilst they believed in my potential, they would give me good guidance to help me realize my real potential, which sometimes wasn't giving me complete empowerment. It needed to be guided and it needs to be structured in, in the feedback they gave me. But both people at my point of the career that I was in were empowering to the right level to build my competence and confidence and recognize that my aspirations were bigger than the role. Um, the bosses I wouldn't work for again, I felt would hold me back from being successful either because they protected themselves by keeping me as opposed to losing me. And that manifested itself in this power over behavior. Yeah. yeah. Or they, they actually hired me to do a role, but didn't really believe my role was any, you know, I had the competence or capability to do anything else. And I think that, that for me, if I think back about the good and the bad bosses, that for me is probably what I would have in common with the ones that were good. I want the one I wouldn't work for now though, um, is actually because of where I am in the in my job career and actually their competence to be a boss for me at my level would be very difficult. They were a great first-line manager. They were not a leader of leaders and an executive-level leader. The person I would work for again now, regardless of my legacy, is because he is in an executive leadership position and um, is, is, um, is someone that still believes my potential is above him, ironically. And said to me, maybe one day I'm going to work for you. Um, and hey, and, and there are people that 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 also work for me right now. And I believe in all. And I and I think about this a lot. It's actually, you know, where do these people's potentials lie? And if I have a question mark over whether someone has more potential, um, but I'm not necessarily allowing them to fill that opportunity, then I I do some cu passionate, curious evaluation of that thinking, JB. Passionately curious. Um, are we doing any more questions or are we? Um, well, I've just had a message to say I... my next meeting's running 15 late. So if we, if you want, but what, what's your, what's well, your, what, what do you want to talk about? Well, I, well, I actually, I just wanted to read out something mm. which, um, I, I read the other day and it's in the most obscure little book. I just happened to be given this by a person who sails a lot and I, uh, have shown quite an interest in them and their yacht. <laughs> and um, so he said, I'm sure you'll be interested in this. And it's it's from the Marine Quarterly, a journal of the sea, summer 2020. Oh. And I, it's, it's all right, I'm not going to do this about half an hour. It's only a little, it's just, a, it's just a lovely little story. And it was written um, a long time ago. So it makes reference to men. But I think if we can allow it, as a sort of reference to humanity, uh, it, it could be a bit of fun. And it's called Flotsam and Jetsam. You never enjoy the world or right till the sea itself floweth in your veins, till you are clothed with the heavens and crowned with the stars, and perceive yourself to be the sole heir of the whole world, and more than so, because men are in it who are Every one soul heirs as well as you. 
we should just end the podcast there, shouldn't we? I just caught that. See, I was a little bit passionately curious. Mm. And, and the gift that I got from that was this book. And then I went into it and I found that little... That little piece. Nice. Um, I just like that, you know, clothed by the heavens and crowned by the stars. Isn't that just poetic? It is. It is nice. I had a quote, actually, <laughs> I would like to read now. You've, oh, goody. Yeah. yeah. So we, should we have a quote of the week feature in the pod? I think we should. Okay. Um, I feel quite emotional. Uh, well, m- mine is less emotive, unfortunately, but I think it should resonate with a lot of what we've covered on this episode. Nothing will kill a great employee faster than watching you tolerate a bad one. God, that is so good. That is so good. And I hate to add Mm -hmm. some extra comments to that one, but I suspect if you had a great reputation from your people before, your reputation will be tarnished if you did continue to do nothing about someone that was bad. And I would wonder whether you'd want to work for someone again if you knew they tolerated some bad behaviour in your team. Kevin Peterson. Is that where the quote's from, is it? No, I don't know. I just um, remember something. I'm not a cricket fan at all, but I remember people always talking to me about Kevin Peterson, the cricketer, who um, was a little bit um, talented, a little bit bloody brilliant. I was going to say talentless. (laughs) No, he was a complete talent, but he was a nightmare to work with. Mm. Destroyed the morale in the team. But hey, I'm not a cricket fan, but that's what I'm told. That feeds in, doesn't it, to the high skill, low will quadrant of our discussions, does it not? Oh, yes, indeed. So what does the next stage of Project Bradley Castle look like? Uh, Well, it will have a roof and uh, I will be putting up the walls, putting up the plasterboard. And I've got the the, the lecky will come round next week and start putting some wiring in. So we are getting very very serious now. This is exciting. Yeah, insulation going in. Um, yeah, no, I'm on I'm on track. I'm tracking. I'm tracking nicely. Nice. So yeah. um, in project property, um, we have a mortgage valuation occurring tomorrow, I believe. Oh gosh! And then we will be hopefully getting set for a move date. They have nowhere to move to. They're moving to rented in down by the coast until they find their forever home type of thing, um, which is good. Um, and uh, other than that, I believe we are. Well, it's my father's birthday next week, so I think we're probably oh. going to either go and see him or sort out seeing him or something. So, and that be the plan. But um, yeah, it's uh, the same old chaos, just another day. Um, fabulous yeah uh, so um i think it's 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 probably about the right point where we say those immortal words um thank you for listening to the global leadership podcast if you have questions please send them in to global leadership podcast at gmail.com please follow us with our new linkedin page i think it's got six or seven followers now um but unless we really explicitly promote it i'm not sure how easy it is to find but it's quite new so i'm not sure how easy it is to find it but global leadership podcast you know the logo if you're listening to this pod find it follow us and submit questions there if you don't want to email us. Most of them come in by, by either direct messages because I get them anonymous or on email. Um, but in any case, please do send them in. If you have some feedback for us and you think the podcast is wonderful, the more five-star ratings we get, the more exposure we have um, to new listeners. So we would greatly appreciate you doing that. And of course, if you listen to us off the back of 
Ian Dale and have now carried on listening to us for a couple more episodes, then thank you very much. It's very kind of you. Um, please do rate us five star. If you think we're shit, do drop us an email as opposed <coughs> to rating us one star so we can learn from our mistakes. Um, anyway, it's, it's goodbye for me. I've been Anthony Price. And I've been Jonathan Bradley and it has been an absolute blast. Goodbye. <laughs>